0: Welcome to Dojo Talks, Uh, today we are going to be discussing the World Championship Cycle. Uh, We're right in the middle of the FIDE Grand Swiss, just finished round 8, maybe we'll discuss uh, the current uh, qualification cycle uh, as well. Um, But first let me throw it to uh, David, because David you wrote a blog uh, in recent months um, about your thoughts on the World Championship Cycle and you've clearly spent a lot of time thinking about it so um, yeah why don't you let people know what what is your your beef here
1: yeah um okay yes you're right I've spent a lot of time thinking about it and honestly Kosia I am quite confident about my suggestion for what would make a good world championship cycle as Jesse can attest to my ideas are often not as great as I think they are. But I'm pretty confident about this one. I think this one would be sweet. I think uh, I think uh, it would, you know, be appreciated by most chess fans. Increase viewership and all that. So I, I feel good about this one. Um. So, a- as I outline in my piece, there are two major problems with the uh, World Championship cycle right now. Um, one of them is that the qualification process is kind of like random and scattered and, um, controversial. And I don't know if every single option ever would be controversial, if that's just a given, but to me, when I see how much controversy there is, it's like a sign that something's not right. Like I, on my own already thought something was wrong with it, but when you see like a lot of controversy about it, for me, it suggests some confirmation. And then the second thing that's wrong with it is that a lot of people think that the actual world championship, is boring. And I know that that might be a horrifying claim for some people, maybe Jesse's like horrified and is like, whatever, if somebody thinks it's boring, they can, you know, watch Pinochle instead. Um, and you know, it's good for real chess players. Um, but I would say when you've got a huge percentage of people claiming that it's boring, and many of them self identify as as chess fans that that, that that's another big problem. So millions of draws um, are part of why it's boring, or actually I should say just a dozen, right? Cause it's not enough games either. So I won't, I won't call it millions of draws. It's like a dozen draws and that's like not at all enough. This year they're raising it to 14 games. It, I always thought that the world championship should be epic, epic, like it should be so exciting. It should be so thrilling. It should be, you know, this incredible clash. And to me, the Kasparov-Karpov matches were epic. I loved them. Um, and of course that's, you know, that's the imprint that I got as I entered the chess world and somebody who enters at a different time is probably going to think whatever's going on at that time was really exciting. Um, and then that's going to shape what they think would be like great chess competitions in the future as well. Right? So if somebody became a fan of chess during the 1948 world championship tournament that Botvinnik won. Is that when he won the world championship, Jesse?
2: When he won it as a tournament. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was that 48? I think, well,
2: that sounds right. Yeah. That does about sound like right. that. Right. So I'm somebody who like
1: got into chess, you know, between 1945 and 1950 would probably think like, Oh, what we need is like, you know, this kind of like massive tournament. That's really where it's at, you know, nothing else can compete with that. So, so I was really shaped by my positive, Uh, experience of the Kasparov-Karpov matches. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So there's that element. I think that 12 games is way too short. I think that you need to see some decisive games. My understanding is that like complaints about some of the previous world championship cycles that I liked is like, oh, they're hard to like schedule. They go on too long. It's hard to like get a venue or something which I think is all kind of like silly. I think there's enough interest and excitement about chess that um, you could have a venue available for it. Um, Other sports use these gigantic stadiums for chess. You need like a table, two chairs, a chess board. You don't need to to rent some crazy place to have an incredible game. Um, They could play in that janitor's closet from the Queen's Gambit could rent that that would be awesome yeah um so that's my feeling about like that's just vaguely my feeling about what's wrong now and, and what you need um one of the other major so a couple major innovations of my cycle are number one the final would be kind of like a hybrid of a match in a tournament so i think the world championship like it doesn't necessarily need to be a match, nor does it necessarily need to be a tournament. And I think there are people who are better in matches and better in tournaments. And I think a hybrid match tournament would be awesome. So I think a four player tournament where they play each other about eight times each um, would make for a pretty good world championship. I'd be open to them playing each other, you know, 10 times each instead of eight times each. but. The idea is you don't have any like super outliers that someone can rack up a score against while, you know, losing to their nearest rival. Um, but you also have a little variety. It's not just a matchup between two players that determines it, um, where one player just happens to have a favorable matchup against one other player. Um, so that's one innovation. Then my other innovation is sort of like democratizing the qualification part of it, just opening it up to basically. I, I think I put in my article, like anyone over 2,600 FIDE would basically have like a shot to compete in the, in the initial qualification phases if they wanted to. So you know, I would, I guess this like Grand Swiss has two spots, but I don't like how FIDE has like seven different avenues that each have one spot because then each spot is kind of random. Um. So. I would have sort of like a lengthier Grand Prix cycle that was inclusive instead of having people qualify to a Grand Prix cycle or get invited to a Grand Prix cycle. It'd be 2,600 and up. Everybody would have a chance, play a lot of massive tournaments. That'd be really exciting and uh, score points over a season towards, you know, qualifying for the candidates.
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) a lot to get into here. Um, Will we have um David's proposal we, we linked it in the chat we'll link it again and then we'll include it in um, the show notes in the description wherever you're you're hearing this um, so you can read over the full thing but um let's maybe we could just get like some really basic points down so how long does the whole cycle take so it would be to run a
1: world championship every two years mm-hmm would be my cycle. There's, there's a, there's several months extra in my cycle. Like you, like if you were just trying to rush through it, you could probably do it in like a year and a half. But there's a little space for people to breathe and play other events and and, and so forth, right? Or prepare between matches that it's fine to let the world championship cycle breathe. I'm not like in a rush, rush, rush for it to happen. So it comfortably fits into two years without leaving the players no time for other competitions
0: yeah i mean i definitely agree with you on a lot of stuff that seems wrong about the current cycle especially that like the qualification does seem uh fairly random like they just change it every year just based on whatever they want to do like two spots of the fide grand prix uh two spots fide grand suez two spots world cup Wild card, no wild card, two spots by rating, one spot by rating, zero spots by rating. (laughs) It's just like... uh, And then... Yeah, it's just this very long process. Then you get to the match, and then the match is like very different, actually, to what most tournaments are like as well. It's like most players are getting to the top by playing tournaments. Either Opens or Round Robins, but they have to face a variety of players. They have to score... A lot of points they have to win a lot of games then you get to the match and it's like oh one win is enough to win two wins is enough like you're you're done like once you get two wins in a match so you might be playing the first
1: match of your life and carlson's played five and you like
0: you don't even know what it's like to be in a match yeah it's like this totally different format and uh yeah i mean magnus he seemed very nervous for his first match and like the first couple of games it wasn't clear he was even a favorite even though by rating, he was, I think, uh, a very serious favorite. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, Jesse, how do you feel about the whole world championship in general?
2: Well, first, I want to say the point of David's that I agree with is you can't be mixing rapid chess and uh, classical chess in the world championship. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, But first, we got to say it's mixed in two ways. One, of course, is there is a rapid tie break after 12 games or however much they decide. They, Like David says, there's not a consistency in the format. Um, and then also in stuff like the Swiss, to determine two of the spots, those go to rapids as well, often as tie breaks. In fact, there's no way you can win that tournament without having gone through several rapid tie breaks, right? It's just set up that way. So that. I think feels wrong for every fan out there. The the rapid is uh, conflated with the classical chess. Now, for my own, other than that, I I guess I want to stress as somebody, uh, I don't know, a fan of the game, that I think one of the reasons this is a cool thing is because of tradition. The World Championship match, to my mind, goes back to uh, McDonald's the match between McDonald and Labourdonnais, that was not an official, they did not brand that back then as officially as a world championship. That gets into the later 1800s where that happens officially. But to my mind, that's a clear like thing that happened in history that set a precedent that fans got excited for. And when I think about world champions, it is definitely match-based. Mm-hmm. And the only reason the Botvinnik the situation happened as a tournament was because that was post-World War II and there was no clear way of saying who the current world champion was because Alekhine, or as Kosti likes to say, Al-Yoshin was dead, right? So that was the problem historically that happened there that they had to create something out of thin air to like reboot the chess world after World War II. But that was the only reason. And otherwise it's always been a match, so- San the- Luis. To me the uh, reason that you have um, matches has a lot to do with history and the reason you don't have rapids is because of history and someone in the chat said well why don't you do a grand slam like they do in tennis because there is no world champion in tennis that isn't even a thing for the tennis players why is there a world champion in chess well it's historical it's tradition it's like that's the way things were done and also from a historical perspective what i felt was the by far the best system was what we had when i was a kid where you could qualify for certain spots by winning the interzonal and it was a cool thing if you won let's say the u.s championship then you got to go to the interzonal and play in the interzonal and then that was a, mat, a excuse me a tournament then if you did well in that tournament, you could qualify for the playoffs, which were matches. And those matches were great. And there was one reason those matches failed, as far as I can tell. And that has to do with money. There weren't, there wasn't a lot of money out there, especially because the when the Soviets were playing, they weren't really playing for money, so there was no one demanding money. There was no Soviet sponsors for big time money. And they, those guys were getting their own money from the state anyway. Um, I think that would be a lot different now. You know, when you look back, too, you think about, like, Fisher playing uh, Larson, they're playing, like, I think in Denver in some, like, basement, you know. It was, like, (laughs) it was really low stakes. And Fisher obviously had a problem with it, but he was going for it, obviously going for the world title. And, you know, that was a beautiful system. Those matches were amazing, amazing. And you want to say, you get to the world championship and you never played a match. Well, maybe you should have been at qualifying matches to get to play Carlson in the first place.
1: Yeah. I like, I like those matches too, Jesse. And I think it's like a shame. And that's one of the things I was referring to that I think that the argument against some of these things is like, Oh, we don't have the money to pay for a venue. We don't know when the event will be over It's scheduling problems. I, I feel like that may have been why they don't have those matches where you have to win a certain number of games. Anymore. And I think those were beautiful matches. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, The other paradoxical thing I want to say as a fan though, is I still enjoy the world championship a lot. I'm really looking forward to this one. Even if I don't like the way it's determined, I definitely want to say as well, I don't like the wild card thing. I think that just smacks of the corruption that's going to happen. It just invites it. Even if it's not, even if the corruption isn't there, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right when like, the i was going to say the soviets but the russians get to choose somebody because they're hosting it this doesn't doesn't look right um but on the subject of corruption it's got to be said that fide has always been a corrupt institution and i think one of the main reasons for that is in order to win the presidency you gotta it's a one nation one vote thing so you get to have to pay off all the small, say African states, states that don't have any, or, any or hardly any chess going on. anyway. You got to pay them off in order to win the presidency. So it already sets up a corrupt precedent for that. But the thing I want to get on with the corruption. That's just this is just intellectually interesting thing to me. There are two events that I'm into as a fan: the World Cup in soccer, and the World Championship match in chess. Both run by incredibly corrupt institutions (laughs) so it's just interesting that these corrupt institutions i'm like yes they're amazingly corrupt but still wow jesse's really into these two events so it's kind of an interesting thing in itself but nevertheless i think it's important even if it's a corrupt institution we have this discussion and i definitely think you need to place some that those interzonals were great, and those matches back in the day were fantastic to see who could, uh, you know, challenge for the crown. You know, and you look at who Fisher had to go through, who Kasparov had to go through. All these matches that led up to the big uh, fight were great, memorable, memorable things. So uh, anyways, that's my two cents. I have a lot of um, correspondence with David. I think maybe the, the issue where we really differ is the value of tradition in the um in what the world championship means for example david writes that uh maybe chess 960 might be cool maybe it would be and maybe they should have their own uh tournament but why do we do it as classical because it's a thing that's been going on for hundreds of years you know that's why and it's a cool thing like the world championship that title means something there's an aura about it and yeah it's cool and i hope it's something that's continues to be respected and be a thing
0: yeah for me that's the sad thing it's that it's like a very nice tradition that we've had in the chess world with the um the world championship matches um but yeah personally i'd be happy happy to give you guys my my feeling for what i think it should be um i would I would do away with the classic matches. And I would just call Magnus, you know, the last classical world champion and just switch over to a completely new system. Oh no, <laughs> oh no, Ghostia. Yeah. oh no. Well, what's it's your system. Well, well, here's my issue. I mean, like what's, what's the point of the world championship match, right? It's probably to, hopefully, to determine the best chess player in the world. And then what's the point of having A number one ranked player by rating
1: there's another reason to it coast yeah
0: the same thing there's another reason it's true we
1: have the we have the rating list the second reason for having the world championship is to force the top couple players in the world to fight it out in one particular competition to give their like everything against the other couple very best players Yeah. And and see what comes out of that like intense competition. So it's it's not just to find out who who wins after the competition. We already know it's Carlson, right? It's to actually have that competition and watch it.
0: Well, look, I, I think you could still have like a world championship. I just think like there's many sports where like the Olympics is much more important than the yearly world championship. Right. They like they have a world championship in every nearly every sport. Right. But like the Olympics. For a lot of these uh, events are that's like that's the real thing that's what they're uh fighting for probably just because they're corrupt as well so they've got jesse <laughs> watching them no i don't know i mean like i i think like in tennis for example right you just have the rankings and i think in chess you could do like a very similar thing where it's like you just have the ratings and that's how we determine who the best players are you could still do a yearly world championship tournament like a world cup or a series of candidate matches between the top eight players or whatever, you can still make that a yearly thing and it would still be very exciting uh, to watch and you would still have a yearly world champion. But I would just think like it, to me it's very devalued when it's like the number one player (laughs) is different than whoever wins the world championship, which uh, has been the case for like, you know, several times throughout history, you had like a world champion and then you had like a clear number one player, uh, and it's like not the same person, and then it's very, very confusing. Um, the other system that I think actually makes a lot of sense for chess would be similar to one in uh, boxing, where you have someone with the title, and you have to beat them to take the title away from them, kind of like it is in chess, and they might not necessarily be the the best boxer in the world. Someone could be, quote, sitting on the title, but uh, they can be challenged more than once year. It's not this like super long drawn out cycle where they can only be challenged like every like three years. Rather, they can be challenged multiple times a year. I don't know, there could be some system where like, yeah, as long as you're the number one or number two rated player in the world, you have a right to challenge the current world champion and try to take the title uh, away from them. But I don't know, my feeling is just that it, it, it doesn't really make sense that we have a rating system. And then we have like a multiple year cycle for the world champion it's like <laughs> i don't know i think it's uh it's just too long and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me overall
2: oh man kosu that was the most depressing diatribe i've ever heard my friend yeah so i don't even that know that how terrible. to
1: explain to him why it makes why <laughs> there's like a point to it i mean <laughs> yeah i mean think about for one just think about all the work
2: what less than a month? We're going to start this party and it's going to be blows, man. It's going to be great, even if it is a bunch of draws, it's still going to be great. We're going to have the world's attention on it. And honestly, Magnus might lose. There's a chance I give him an eight percent chance of losing. It's possible he might lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and out to the point of like the number one being different, I think, uh, I think Petrosian, we can argue, was not number one at the time he was world champion. Other than that, it's kind of hard to pinpoint sometimes in which the world champion was not number one.
0: It's rare. It's well, actually very rare. for me, one match, I don't know, that was super disappointing, I think was 2012, a non-Gelfand, where Carlson was, I think, number one rated player in the world, drops out of the world championship cycle because it's like, he doesn't like the format. And then the whole cycle and the world championship match is without the best player in the world. With all due respect to Anand and Gelfand, like they're amazing players, but to me it was just like, <laughs> like I didn't, I don't understand the point. As much as I really enjoy the matches when they're between the like number one, like Carlson Caruana for me was just an incredible match. I really, really loved following it. But it has to be like a clear number one and number two for me to like truly be interested. When it's like number one versus number six who happened to qualify or like number three versus number eight for the world championship that doesn't make any sense to me but that Kostya, yeah. is not because the world championship
1: couldn't be a good thing that's because fide messed it up they used the stupid cycle the best player in the world wasn't Interested in their cycle. They didn't change their cycle to like include Carlson They didn't talk to any of the top players ever to pick their cycle They just always just say this is what it is We got no idea what we're doing, but we're in charge of what it is if you had my cycle I bet you Carlson would have been in there and you would have had fun watching that
0: world championship But I think that's just the issue with having like a long drawn-out cycle in any form It's just like there's always gonna be players that are unhappy about it. it's always gonna be somewhat arbitrary which is why, for me, it makes sense to just do, like, a world championship every single year. If one year gets scuffed, whatever, next year is right around the corner. Like, it's not a big deal. But, like, these three-year cycles where they get messed up because, like, the best player didn't want to play. Or, like, you know, the Canada's tournament gets split in half by a pandemic, right? And totally, <laughs> like, <laughs> replaces one of the players. It's just, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's... Uh, okay,
2: but maybe I just want to do a little history here. So... What I see happening there was, let's just say, it has everything, that situation, a non-Gelfand, you got to take it back. Why did it happen? It was because Kasparov was pissed in the early 90s that they weren't giving him enough money to play the World Championship match. Now, maybe he had a right to be pissed, and then Short was the enabler because then he was like, yeah, I'll ditch the match with Karpov to play you. And then that's how it happened. And then it took all of this time with FIDE just spinning its wheels, doing ridiculous stuff, to now come back to a system that is at least a semblance of what it was before Kasparov and Short ruined it, right? That's what, <laughs> it's like, it's now, it's now, we lost the matches as a qualifier through Kasparov and Short, and it legitimately, there was legitimate question that Kasparov had is like, why isn't there more money involved? And he wanted more money. And yes, it was we can argue about it at length. But that whole process finally worked itself out. We are now unified. The structure isn't perfect. I do not like the quality the candidates match to de- excuse me, candidates tournament to decide who gets to play Carlson. But at least it's something, you know, at least it's something, and at least finally we're back on a unified world title. I mean, that praise be. <laughs> that whole thing that Fide had going on from the, from Karpov being champion whatever was, 94, where then they did their ridiculous, like Grand Swiss to decide who's world champion. Terrible. And by the way, I love Pan I love Kazimzhanov, but those guys are not world champions. I'm sorry, they are not. And Anand, when he won in 1998 or whatever it was, no, that doesn't count. I have a list of the world champions. <laughs> it's important to me. It's important to me, like when we do the list, like who we say is world champion, those guys were not world champions. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason this is important you know for me of like i'm not going to scuff the world championship title is yeah there's history there's history and in general like if you're world number one you have to prove yourself you have to it's not just by being the highest rated no you have to prove yourself in a match and it's real quick jesse yeah
1: there was one other like tournament for the world championship title that comes to my mind which was san luis in 2005 a double round robin Mm. uh which
0: was but i think that was before it was unified
1: which was was won by topolov yeah what do you you think of his world championship status
2: that doesn't count and then the then they had the the supposed unification with kramnik and topolov after that
1: right okay so kramnik was the real world champion that whole time and remained the real world champion
2: yeah, I mean, Kramnik dethrones Kasparov in two thousand. What was it? Two thousand. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then Kramnik is the world champion until he gets dethroned. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my that's my that's my list. No, I am hundred
0: percent. Yeah, I agree with Jesse. It's like a Game of Thrones thing, but yeah, no, you, I I've always liked the system of having to dethrone the previous champion. So it was Kasparov, then Kramnik. And then, yeah, with all due respect to Topalov, amazing player, he lost two matches. He lost one to Kramnik, he lost one to Anand. He was never, in my opinion, the classical world champion. Um, Although at one point he was the number one rated player. I could be convinced to
1: put the world champion into the final four in my my event. But... um, You know, why why
2: can't, why can't we just have it? Like the world, what's so wrong with it as it is? Someone has to dethrone Carlson. So,
1: so put him in the four player tournament. I just think my four player tournament would be much more interesting than a two player match. No, no. I want it to be real. I want it to be real. Here's,
2: here's, here's, here's a a thing that chess numbers, who's in the chat. He pointed out to me that I really like. You want to take down Carlson and let's say, let's imagine that Nepo is 80 points worse, 80 ELO points, worse than Carlson. You could choose hundred if you want, but let's just say 80 that's being charitable, I think to Nebel. And then you say, well, with one game, he has obviously a chance it's, it's worse than 50%, but when you take it to 12 games with well, the amazing thing, the chess number said was it turns into like an 8% chance. And I'm like, oh, that seems more fair. You want to put it to 14 games, it goes every game, every game, it gets a little harder for Nepo, so it's like very uh, true system for deciding who is best. And I love the stress of the event too, man. Wow, what an amazing deal. The war, And, and uh, Caruana gave a interview recently on it and just suddenly being thrown in the limelight and being like, holy moly, this is a different deal, man. This is a totally different event than any chump tournament I've played in my life. Fantastic. That's what it's about. That's the history of this event. It is not your normal chump tournament. It is the real thing.
0: Yeah, but then yeah, as you, if, I don't know as as if it's still, the number. Sorry, yeah, go, go, ahead, go ahead, go
1: ahead. Well, okay, it, I was gonna say, well, Jesse was just talking about the number of games. It's, it's a very important point. The more games, the more likely you are to have the real like winner, right? And one of the big problems with FIDE was shortening the number of games in the world champion cycle. In the World Championship match, it used to be 24, and then they brought it down to 12. It needs to be more games so that you've got, like, a chance for the match to develop and to have, like, different chapters.
0: Um, so, anyway, go on, Kostya. Well, yeah, the other thing, it's like, I agree with Jesse, like, this, like, the classical World Championship match is, like, this huge deal, like, clash of personalities. I, I don't know, I just think it's kind of a shame when it's not the number one versus the number two player in the world. And with the candidates tournament, you I think multiple times have gotten not the number two player in the world challenging for the world championship match. Like we've lost <laughs> we've lost a lot of years, right? Again, with all due respect to every single player out there, like I think Caruana was a clear number two when he challenged Carlson. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, I think Magnus was a clear number one when he challenged Vichy. But like none of the other matches I felt were between the clear number one, clear number two player in the world at the time.
2: Well, that's why you're making my point. There needs to be matches as a qualification,
0: right? Uh, I'd be cool their with the matches. Is so dumb. I'd be cool it. with the matches. Yeah, but um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like if it's going to be a two, three-year cycle, and then you don't even get the second best player in the world coming out of the cycle, then yeah, that's that's an issue. But if it was matches, then they could really they could really prove it. Yeah
1: their cycle is so long and expensive, right. Without even producing a semblance of like uh, a, a big chance of winning. Like I've had like really strong players tell me about that. And they say basically to be like the candidate at the end who plays Carlson is kind of like winning the lottery multiple times. Yeah. Like no matter how, like you can be 2750, 2780, 2795. It's still kind of like Nepo won the lottery. Like it's not like he was just so much better than anybody else um over any considerable period of time
0: yeah no I mean right he did really well in like this tournament and like previous tournaments but yeah it's certainly yeah it doesn't seem like a such a conclusive thing like we would we would all like it to be so yeah for me it like either it's super conclusive or you know just say it's we have you know it's the old system it's the classical system Carlson's the last (laughs) classical world champion and we switch over to a more modern system where it like takes a year. or There's like a yearly tournament. But really, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how people feel about it. But for me, it's like that. whoever is the number one player in the world is much more important than who has like holds the title based on whatever system or cycle has just happened.
1: Oh, I so disagree, man. I for mean, me, that's because the system yeah. is all messed up right now.
2: I would say that the system is mildly flawed. Okay, the system has some <laughs> mild flaws, but ultimately it's still better than what Kostia much better than what Kostia is saying. Oh my gosh. I can't so if believe If we talk about thing.
1: If we talk about when Petrosian was world champion, for example, mm-hmm. right? Or when Botvinnik was playing matches with with Tal or, you know, Smyslov or somebody, like there may be some point there Kostia where the number 2 or number 3 player in the world by rating was the world champion and they were the world champion to me and that matters to me. I think I think that's great. Yeah. No, yeah. I
0: mean, look, if the number three player beats like the world champion, who is the number one player, right earlier, then mm-hmm. yeah, they they totally deserve the world the title. That's that's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, if you, I mean, to me, that's always made sense. If you beat the world champion in a match, like you're you're the new world champion. Um, but yeah, I don't think these players, you know, are shifting in. Level so quickly that, like, they beat the world champion, then the next year they're like number 10 in the world, number five in the world. Like, I, I think they're still staying up there. Um, but also, there wasn't even ratings back then, so, <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard to. So, Kostia, Jesse,
1: neither of you would want to see like Carlson, Ding, Caruana, Feruja, play play each of each other like eight times.
2: No, we've already no, seen, I, I see fun. those guys, I see those guys playing all the time together. They play in tournaments all the time. No, uh, I they play the one game event. at a
1: time in a tournament where somebody finishes with plus two and somebody finishes with plus one and they make yeah. like eight draws. No,
2: no, we have a, we have a, a world championship thing. It's a real thing. It goes back. There's think about it. Capablanca, Blanca, all these classic matches going back, oh man. The challenge, the atmosphere, the drama of being like, for example, people in the press don't say, oh, Carlson, you're number, world's number one. No, they say you're the world champion. It means something. And those chump tennis players, like you won the Grand Slam. I don't care. Are you world champion? No, I don't know what you are. <laughs> I don't know what you are. That's what Kostya wants to make us into, are you? No, <laughs> I don't want any part of that. Nothing, nothing. Now, here's my suggestion. I know this is a little bit uh, a footnote to what we're saying, but I think one of the things about the, the suggestion I have for the current system is bring back the matches and then instead of a rapid tiebreak, here's my thing. I think we should go, you go to an overtime. You go to an overtime and you can go to a second overtime, but it has to be a, a fixed number of games because it doesn't, it, it can't go, up. you can't have it so that, um, you know it's not just one game right so like if we go overtime it'll be four games at each overtime and then you know boom and someone went <laughs> someone win and i loved did i love the fact that karpov and kasparov went so long that somebody passed out dude and had had physical problems absolutely dude mcdonald and labor those guys were fighting so hardcore the guys died he died dude and they had so many matches and they kept playing they died it's a physical event it's torture it's not some chump tournament this the whole thing that's important to understand and like we talked to listen to Kasparov talk about it any of these world champions when you get to the world championship match it is a different thing altogether. You are on a different level. you feel differently the games feel differently everything about it feels differently and that's the beauty of it it's not just some jump turn I mean, it's a special thing all right that's it yeah. i promise that's no i back.
0: i i do like the idea of the the four player uh, super round robin <laughs> i think i think that would be fun um i don't know i really i do enjoy just the the personality clashes of of the world championship matches i think those have always been just incredible kasparov karpov kasparov kramnik um Oh, people were mentioning, you know, by the way, that cycle like also had its issues with Shirov defeating Kramnik and then not getting oh, a yeah. match. Mm-hmm.
1: Big <laughs> but- ol' asterisk on Jesse's <laughs> tradition right there is Shirov, but yeah.
2: <laughs> well, like I said, that you know, but that was that was part of the thing, is that that wasn't actually Fide's problem that cause that was, you know, Kasparov doing his own weird thing.
1: Yeah. You know? That was Kasparov's fault Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess some things we can agree on is that. there have been issues in the past um yeah. rapid seems like a weird way to determine the classical world championship yeah there's already a rapid world championship yeah and i, I mean no one cares
1: about no one cares about that but yeah well i mean they don't need it to also be the world championship right they can watch yeah. the rapid championship if that's what they're into
0: yeah i think it makes yeah. sense just have a separate rapid and blitz world championships as they do uh, and I love yeah. the triple crown. I love that that's a thing that one can win. And then Magnus yeah. wants it. He's it. done it twice, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would be nice to have a better a better tiebreaker. Um, yeah, what if it was just like, uh, like, Jesse, like you were saying, just like two-game blocks, right? Like you just play two-game mini-matches until... You have a winner, and then yeah, yeah it might take might take months, but that that would be epic.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: the longer it goes, the better. Honestly, yeah, I mean those those
2: matches, dude. When you read about Labordine McDonald, it's like right, that's the way it should be, man. And then the Steinitz matches too, man. That other guy, he died, he was gonna win. He 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 died too. They played in St. Louis in New York, and then they went to St. Louis, and then he basically died, dude. He basically died. <laughs> So this, the tradition, my friends, it's like you, this, this is like, uh, you know, you get pushed. It's fascinating. You're going to get pushed to a limit, you know, yeah. and all those, even the recent ones, even though it was only 12 games, I feel like definitely Fabi and Karyakin got pushed to the limit as did Carlson did. Those were long, rough matches. Yeah, I love it, man. So, no, I'm not changing anything <laughs> over my dead body, Kostya.
0: <laughs> Cool.
2: Okay. Well, that was cool. That was a good little talk.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm very disappointed in it, but <laughs> at least you're smiling.
0: <laughs> um, well, folks can check out uh, David's full full blog about his proposal, and uh, they can let us know what they think. Do you guys have any thoughts on the, uh, the FIDE GRAND SWISS? We- um i i've been enjoying it as a tournament
2: i've been you know doing some streaming every day mostly focusing on fabi and you know one of the things actually about a world championship that's really interesting is if you lose like fabi did what happens to your career in life you i think it's very hard like he fell off out with this second right and now his chest is in a little bit of a crisis and can he come back maybe not Maybe not. Like, uh, if if he has a, a couple more bad games, Ferrugia could pass him. Ferrugia could become the world number two. Like within the next couple of days, it could happen. So you know, there's like there's real drama about the loser too. And we so many stories about Bronstein and Korsnoy. and you know, the. I think one of the things that's interesting is those guys who didn't win, and then the psychological trauma and the, just the difficulty, of. Living a life, you know, w- without it, it's really, uh, yeah, fascinating, dude. And somebody's in the in the chat was like, "Oh, Cry wants a death match." In a sense, because what happens in a tournament is, you know, yes, there's a lot of tension between you and your opponent in a tournament, but what you know is that that is going to end within a couple hours, and then you're going to play somebody else in a match. Oh no. There's friction right away and it's not going anywhere. It's just you mono e mono against some dude. It's a totally different beast. I love it, man. It's like a yeah, that's we need more of that. You know, that's great.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's crazy that I mean Caruana if he doesn't qualify here, he might not get into the next candidates. He'd so have to go through like the Grand Prix. Um, right? So yeah, totally insane. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think as far as the Grand Swiss, I mean, is it fun to watch? Yes. I feel like a lot of the players are bringing like a very good level of intensity to this tournament, playing really hard. I don't know if that'll keep up over the last few rounds for the players who aren't in the running for those two spots. I think as part of like a championship cycle, it's it's, it's sort of like silly slash stupid to have these events with like one or two spots because... I don't know. The intensity is awesome when everybody's like gunning for the world championship, but then after like two or three rounds, it's like a tournament, and you're out of the running. And then after six rounds, almost everybody's out of the running. So, I think that may start like dropping off. But I've only been looking at like the top board games and and Dubov's games, so I I, I don't know what it's looking like on board ten and twenty at this point in the right. tournament, right? So Jesse's following Fabi. I'm following you know. Faruja and whoever's on board two or three every day.
2: Well, I'll tell you guys what, tomorrow I'm gonna to be streaming early and uh, it's gonna be Fabi against Faruja tomorrow. That's confirmed. We have a confer- confirmation on that. So beautiful. And yeah, you know, let's let's talk, actually let, let's just bring it back to the re- reality with like, will Faruja get a shot at the title? Will he break 2,800? Great, for the fans, great questions, dude. Great questions. And Faruja's got his own challenges as a young kid living in a foreign country and yada, yada. I'm sure there's loads of temptation all around him. Fantastic story. Fantastic. And I don't think it's going to be easy, man. I don't think it's going to be easy. But you know, And tomorrow's a huge day for him, for both of those guys.
1: But I think Jesse and I would agree. We want to see Faruja and Caruana play like eight games in a row. We don't want like one like once, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great game, it's a great story, you know. But like, if Caruana wins, it could get overblown into like, oh, Faruja's just a kid, he's not ready or something. And mm-hmm. dude might be really good the next game, right? <laughs> and, and if Faruja draws, they're like, he survived the test, he should be world champion next. It's like, oh, he just got one draw, like 78% of games are draws at their level, you know. Like, so I, you know, if you're going to have a world championship with all matches, first of all, I would call it like the, the match, you know, the Mm -hmm. world match champion as opposed to like the world tournament champion, just like there's rapid and classical and stuff. If you're going to have a world champion is the world championship of like chess matches, then the candidates need to be matches and there need to be like a couple matches in a row, at least, you know, quarterfinals, semis, finals, and then a world championship match, you know, and guys like Faruja need to get tested like eight games in a row by, you know, Caruana, Ding Li Ren or Nepo, whoever was there, you know, a few years before them. Absolutely, you just make making my point, dude.
2: <laughs> making my point, man. Caruana, Ferugia, let's bring it on as a candidates match to see who plays. That's right, that's the mm. kind of thing I want. Yeah. That's what I want. So we all just want candidates matches
0: Jess. back. <laughs> yeah,
2: I want the candidates matches back, that's
0: right. But make it one year, please. One year cycle. <laughs> No, one year that
2: doesn't give it the gravitas it needs, dude. And as other people are pointing out in chat, if you make it too, the the schedule is too intense for one year. There's too many other things going on. It needs
1: at least two years. Yeah, I I think it is a tricky question and two years is probably right. But like if it takes too long, then you've got a situation with the kind of child prodigies coming up now right you've got a situation where by the time you're playing the world championship like the best player didn't get in at the beginning of that cycle maybe or you know the number two or number three somebody you'd want to see in those matches right so i i think three four years becomes like way too long but a I mean, year is years. just too tight because there has to be other stuff so i think it ends up being two but it is a tricky question
0: yeah two years could work yeah
1: You know even one and a half might be possible i don't know some but it's somewhere in there but then it's weird right some years you've got a world championship then one year you don't and then you have it two years in a row yeah
2: well all right guys i love fighting with you i love fighting i love being right too i love being right too
1: (laughs) i just wish i could convince jesse of one thing once and i thought today i had a shot (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah yeah that was cool. okay
1: guys cool thank all you all right
0: yeah as always guys thanks for uh following the podcast please make sure to uh review and and subscribe and share it with your friends as well um we're gonna be yeah trying to do these very frequently moving forward at least once a week so um yeah yeah, yeah and one last thing one yeah. last thing oh god please
1: drop a comment on the video when it's recorded or the podcast when it's recorded, drop yeah. a comment telling Kosti and Jesse you love my cycle, and <laughs> that that's what we should have. That's going to help our algorithm.
0: Yeah, no, let and us then, let us know what you think. Yeah, even yeah, yeah, yeah. if you disagree with multiple uh, points that we made, maybe write three comments where you disagree with you know everything that David said. <laughs> one for me, one. yeah yeah just, yeah feed the algorithm. Yeah, and also, guys.
2: <laughs> if you have a suggestion about what we should cover next too. We're always looking for new ideas, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, alrighty, okay, we'll cut there.